Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Paul Morris. I've been away for a few months, a little bit of a health issue, but I'm back and better than ever. And we're here on Blog Talk Radio. Again, I'm your host, Paul Morris. We're here Tuesdays now, usually from 4 to 4.30 p.m. We're broadcasting a little earlier uh, this week. And I'm very, very pleased to have uh, Penny Collin with me again. And uh, Penny is a uh, transformational psychotherapist, relationship counselor, the author of Personal Kabbalah, 32 Paths to Inner Peace and Life Purpose. And you can find Penny at her website at www.pennycohen.com, P-E-N-N-Y-C-O-H-E-N.com. And uh, Penny has been a, a frequent guest on the show. And uh, I'm happy to have her back to start off the new year. And um, today we're going to talk about it's all one thing. It's all one thing. Why the real and spiritual realms together define our worldly experience. So what does that mean? Well, according to Dr. Albert Einstein, there are only two ways to live life. One is through one is as though nothing is a miracle and the other is that everything is a miracle. And we live in a world and universe that exists in an all inclusive context of duality which is dominated by time and space. And because the duality exists, we often believe we need to choose between two opposing phenomena. Throughout my life, experiences show me that rather than having to choose, it is better to strive to strike a balance between the two. In this regard, we will discuss how and why an individual can best utilize his or her spiritual senses in relation to their daily lives in order to maximize their ability to function at the highest level. In other words, both exist. <clears throat> the spiritual world is, a, is real, we're going to go into that. And the physical world that we experience is also real, and they exist together. And uh, we're going to talk about how we can perceive them and why it's that way. And, you know, there's really a reason for everything. So we're going to go into why it's important to understand that and how you could use that, basically, to help yourself live a better and more uh, profound uh, life. So, Penny, what say you? Yes, sir. Glad to have you back and the show back. <laughs> yes, I'm glad to be back. And I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes. And, you know, it, it's very interesting because I have found a lot of people don't understand the concept of oneness and duality and separation and 
the real world and the mystical world. And I had written a chapter on experiencing the mystical is real and reality is magical. And what that means is the mystical that we think of is actually what they would say is all oneness. Mm-hmm. However, there's a sensation of separation as a result of the Big Bang and this one huge soul separating into millions of souls. Mm-hmm. And it's like God wanted to see himself, and so he created us in his image, mm-hmm. and many, many of us in his image. However, it's, I think of it as a disco ball, and we're in the middle but the mirrors are inverted on the inside, and we can see all different facets of ourselves. And the facets that we see are generally the negative part of parts of ourselves, meaning whatever we judge in another is something within ourselves. We're in the middle of all this, looking outward. And whenever we have an emotional charge, it means there's something we need to learn about ourselves in order to open to that mystical uh, level of consciousness that's the oneness of us all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might use another metaphor in that uh, we have one candle with a flame. And this candle lights nine other candles. But each candle has a different shape to it, a different um, radius, a different (laughs) size wick. But the flame is still the same exact content in each candle. And so the flame is like our soul's. We all have that same soul. However, we resonate at a different frequency based on the size of the wick and the shape of the the wax and the amount of wax. And so, again, we all have one soul, but because we resonate at a different frequency based on the uh, size of the wick and the wax, it feels like we're separated from that oneness. Mm-hmm. And we want to get okay. back to that oneness. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, this is the thing, I think. <clears throat> if we go, so, okay, so to put it in, in perspective, uh, there's the other side, which is experienced by our soul and our soul senses which there are four, and there is the, quote, physical side, we'll use those terms just for clarity, which is experienced by the five physical senses. And, you know, it's in the Bible that we were in uh, Garden of Eden. That was paradise. That was really the other side. And then when we we ate of the apple, okay, of the uh, knowledge of good and evil, we were tossed out of heaven or the Garden of Eden, 
and we went into this duality, which is the physical world. Now, the metaphor there is, again, the knowledge of good and evil, which is duality, good and evil. That that stands for the duality. In this physical world, if you will, of duality, time and space, we're like fish out of water. It's not our real home. That's why we have to meditate, we have to sleep and all this. It's just like a whale coming up for breath, okay, and then going back into the ocean, you know, because we need to re- refresh ourselves. <clears throat> so, you know, we have that dual aspect. We have the physical and the soul nature, which is together, the soul and the body, and we coexist. <clears throat> and uh, but it, But the reason I said it's all one thing is because it is. It's all integrated. We all have these hunches and intuitions and, you know, we kind of know things we can't know. We feel uncomfortable. What does that mean in certain situations? So we have these soul or psychic senses, which which everybody has, gut feelings, whatever you want to call them. And the point of, of, of this, uh, it's all one thing, is to tell people it's real. We should listen to these intuitions. They're always true. They're guiding us through this four-dimensional world because it's a treacherous world we live in. And as you say, we feel separated. We feel alone We feel because it is not our true home. So there's a reason why we feel that way. And the soul senses are, gu- are trying to guide us, so we should always listen to them. And if you do, then your life is better because you're more in tune and, uh, you know, with the total what's going on. And it's a way also to to refresh your spiritual aspect by, by uh, you know, meditating and other things like that. <clears throat> And uh, you said about us being separate parts of 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 God's soul or God, because you know the the in India they talk about experiencing things, right? The Akashic record carries all the memories of everything that goes on. We try, we have all these thoughts and experiences, and everything is collected there. So again, the important thing is that don't dismiss. You know, people say, oh, it's all a dream, the real world. Well, it may be a dream, but we're we're living through it. So we might as well take it seriously, you know, and not dismiss it. You know, it's it's all together. You know, they both exist. And I think the more we take, you know, both of them and accept both of them, right, uh, I think the better our lives are. Well, yeah. It's it's accepting both and knowing the difference between the physical senses and the psychic senses. Because a lot of people use the term gut feelings, but I don't see gut feelings as a psychic sense. I see it as a physical sense in that a gut feeling is based on something we've experienced in the past. It could be positive, but it could also be negative. For instance, you walk into a group, a singles group, and you start uh, a woman starts talking to a man, and he's looking all around, and all of a sudden she gets the gut feeling that he's a womanizer. And that's because 
she was married to a man who was a womanizer. There's a difference there between that and intuition. Intuition is when something comes into the mind which feels like from out of the blue but is not processed through the body, and you just know it's right. And the goal here is to learn how to get in touch with the psychic senses and or intuition so that we can learn how to communicate spirit to spirit, to also communicate with angels, archangels, and spirit guides, to learn to communicate with our higher self, because although there is no separation, in reality, we feel like there is a separation, and the spiritual world still has authority over the physical world. What yeah, goes I on What goes on here transmits out above and comes back. However, the spiritual world still has authority over what comes back. Mm -hmm. And what comes back isn't an exact reflection, but a similar reflection. In other words... What we put out in thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions literally transmits out to the spiritual world and comes back either through our own thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions or other people acting in ways for us to see and get to know ourselves, meaning our own thoughts, feelings, speech, and actions. Yeah. And well, yeah. Uh, okay. What I was going to say is whatever we judge in another means there's something within us that is still unresolved. Right. Okay. So I think it's important to point out the reason why we are, I mean, you know, it, it, it would be logical to say, well, if heaven is heaven, it's paradise. Why the hell would we come to this crazy world we live in with all the hate and the murder and 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 blah 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 blah, blah and all this terrible, the terrible, you know, things are going on. And obviously, there's a reason why we wouldn't be here. And 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 it has to do with the way that you know the the way the physical world is designed. It's not nothing's an accident. Everything there's a reason for everything. And the reason is that we're in a a world of duality because duality uh creates conflict you know just like we have conflict in the nation unfortunately uh these days and um conflict creates suffering and suffering creates change and we're here to change now it's not a pleasant thought i didn't make it up i'm not <laughs> i'm not to blame i'm just reporting what i see uh believe me i you know i'm in it like a, the soup like everybody else but that's what happens that's why there's so much suffering in the world because suffering brings on change and uh there's a reason for so that's why we have duality 
Why do we have time and space? We have time and space because time and space create something called an event. You're at a certain place at a certain time, something happens. And those events give us an opportunity to decide to grow, to change, okay? You know, we come to, it's like saying, take the high road when you have to, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? And we only know should or shouldn't do it because we're at a certain instance, at a certain time and space, and something happens and we have to make a decision. So that time and space is created. So we have these experiences, these events, and we could decide to take the high road and grow spiritually, you know, and and these are the things that make us change and grow, you know, have our uh, soul grow and become more perfected. So those are the reasons why there's duality and there is time and space. It's not just an accident. There's a very specific purpose for it. So what do you think? Well, you know, some people believe God made a mistake somewhere along the line which created the Big Bang and he needed (laughs) us to help him become one again and as in the book God is a Verb by David Cooper God is still Godding and learning how to become one and we're here to help that and what like is the name of that book? God is a Verb by God David verb. Cooper. By David yeah. Cooper. Okay. And just like you said, um, talked about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, uh, I take it a little bit of a step further. I'll explain it in a little more detail from my sure. understanding is in okay. that Uh, God told Adam and Eve they could eat from any tree except for the tree of uh, knowledge, which would show them good and evil. And then the serpent convinced Eve to eat the fruit. And then when Adam saw Eve eating it, he became enraged and said, you can't do that. And she convinced him to eat from the tree of life. Now, to regress for a second, God told them if they ate, I'm sorry, from the tree of knowledge, they would die. P.S., when they heard God coming, they hid. And God said, what have you done? And Eve said, the serpent made me do it. And Adam said, Eve made me do it. And that was the beginning And God said, beginning of all of relationship problems. And then God (laughs) said, since the serpent duped you, you will not die, but you will be clothed in animal skin, which means you will be clothed in a body and exiled from the Garden of Eden. And your work now is to come back to the Garden of Eden. And so another metaphor that I often recite is a king and queen, and they have children, and the children misbehave. 
And God says, well, or the king says, you need to be exiled from the kingdom. And the queen cries out and says, they can't go alone. I need to go with them. So he lets the queen go with them. And he tells them, you can return when you've learned your lessons of goodness. And the lessons of goodness, from my perspective, is learning how to repair our soul, how to become a good soul again. And it could mean repairing our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs from past lives, from ancestral lineage influences, from our current life, from... It's healing negative thoughts. It's healing wherever we've turned off to divine love. And so it's learning how to open our hearts again and Mm -hmm. receive that divine love. And that's when we feel heaven down on earth, which I believe is the real goal, is to feel that light, love, and spread wisdom. Mm-hmm. Sure. Once, once every, if, if theoretically everybody is perfected, then life on Earth and life on the other side will be the same. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, so it'll, yeah. Well, that that's a great thought. Uh, the great thought, and that's you know what well, we we seem to be far away from that. Right? Many, many lifetimes from now. I don't know if that will ever happen. We have a long way to go. but uh, We have a very long way and many lifetimes to go. Hopefully. Well, you know, it could be like a freight train. It could start accelerating. The change could, uh, could accelerate, hopefully, going forward. But... Uh, It could if enough people understand how to open to receive divine light and love. And it comes with starting to question, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And how can I fulfill it? Well, you have to transcend your ego. I mean, that's, 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 you know that's the challenge. I believe my theory this is my personal theory <clears throat> is that evolution, which I believe you know uh, is not by accident, you know, but it was it's 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 designed it was designed that way to work that way, and the reason evolution was designed uh, that way for us to come start as whatever. A, a reptile and a fish and so on, you know, as a zygote develops, is because that gave us, uh, you know, an animal, if you will, ego. And so we developed that ego, and that was the balance for the soul nature. So we have this kind of yin and yang going on uh, with us, and somehow it's supposed to help us to learn you know, suffer and learn things. But, uh, you know, so we have to transcend that that ego state. But it's a a real, you know, we need the ego to just get through life, (laughs) you know, just to function. 
Well, I think of the ego as something that protects us Mm. from reaching oneness. Well, it... uh, well, you, you say protects us. I wouldn't use that term. I'd say it gets in the way, in a oh, sense. Well, or yes, it gets in the way. Of, uh, Thinking it, it protects us because it it creates our fears that keeps us inside. It creates self-doubt. It creates mm-hmm. negativity. Yeah. And we're afraid to branch out. And so we want... I, I don't like say. Uh, uh, using the term transcending the ego, I instead, of course, because I'm a psychotherapist, I use the term developing a healthy ego. Okay, because right. I, if we transcend the ego, there's no I left to say I love you. Oh, oh the, yeah, absolutely. But you know, so, when I say transcend the ego, I I, I mean temporarily, like during during meditation and things like that or when okay. you get involved yeah. it's not a permanent thing yeah i think i couldn't agree with you more a lot of people and i've been in a group where these people actually think they don't have an ego and i said right. how could you walk out the door without an ego you couldn't exactly you, know, it, you can't make it, choices you you're well, not it, here it, to to speak you couldn't, to say anything you couldn't do so, anything you couldn't so exist as a physical entity without any it it does protect us physically from, you know, from dying. I mean, you know, it keeps us alive. It's our, you know, uh, Maslow's uh, whatever hierarchy. It's the most basic. First, we just survive. We get food and, you know, shelter. You know, and the ego helps us do that. Otherwise, we, would, we wouldn't, you know, we couldn't literally survive. So I think they get that confused. Uh, but you're right. It does protect us. From uh, you know, so it it is that kind of confuse. It is a little confusing, definitely. And I think, in a way, I I really believe everything's the way it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be confusing. I think it's you know, it's supposed to kind of we're we're not supposed to understand everything. I think if we did, you know, we wouldn't play the game, so to speak, the game of life. You know, we wouldn't take it that as seriously. As we do, and we need to take it seriously in order to, to, you know, to make those choices, to make those changes. And it's a very subtle kind of balance, I think. You know, I, 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 so it's often not that cut and dry how how we proceed. But, right. Right. You know, it, and just to, just to say one other thing, just on a technical sense. Uh, <clears throat> Our physical senses uh, exist at a certain frequency, you know, so we could see light at a certain frequency between the ultraviolet and the infrared. We can hear sounds at a certain frequency, like a dog whistle we can't hear. It's too high a frequency. So the other side, quote, unquote, or the same vibration our soul vibrates at, why it could pick up, you know, these uh, these. vibrations from the other side is that it vibrates at a different frequency so we can't we can't pick it up with our physical senses uh just like you can't see a, a television radio wave but it's there and we don't have instruments to pick it up but our soul can pick it up that's our soul senses that's how you become that's how psychics read and we all do to a certain extent 
but that's what how they read it. They could the uh, the the psychic senses are like an antenna that picks up those that frequency. It's right around us. It's not a physical place. It's just a different frequency, and we we can't uh, you know we can't sense it. But uh, so okay. you know, I I have a list of what it would take to raise our physical vibrations. In other words, what we need to overcome and what we could do. Um, And if anybody is interested, please email me and put uh, physical vibrations in the subject line. And it's pennyapennycone.com. Excellent. Well, we're gonna. We may go a little over, but we're gonna go up the live feed in about a minute or so. So I just want to remind people listening to Getting on Top on Blog Talk Radio, and we're here most Tuesdays from four to four thirty p.m. And um, we broadcast from the Southern Hudson Valley of New York State, which is the northern suburbs of New York City. And uh, our top topic today is it's all one thing. And our guest is Penny Cohen, who is a licensed clinical social worker. And uh, if you do want to hear the rest of the show and you're listening live, uh, after the show is over, you can go to the podcast and just uh, forward forward to the end, and you'll hear the rest of the uh, show. Okay. Um, so that's excellent. Uh, you know, I'd like to find out about those uh, ways of increasing our vibration. I think that's... I think that's a very important part of what I'm talking about. The more you increase your vibration, the more sensitive you are to what's going on, and uh, you know, the, the more you can improve your, you know, your life. So, how would we use those uh, that ability, uh, Penny, to to have a better life? How would you? Well, it is. It's the ability to get in touch with any negative thoughts, self-defeating beliefs, repressed feelings, negative speech or demeaning speech, and dysfunctional behavior. Because those are what closes us off from love and transform them to truth, and that's when we open to love. And, you know, when we get into that place, we feel the oneness. We can communicate spirit to spirit, spirit to angels, spirit to a higher self. And that's when we live life. We didn't mention this term, but I'll say we live life in the flow. Yeah. Where we live with more ease and joy. Mm. Absolutely. Flow, the great, great term. It's absolutely perfect. And and, and I think I'd have to say I didn't think of it, but that's why I have Penny on. That I guess to put it all together, being in a flow state as much as possible is, is. maximizing our experience in life when we're busy when we're engaged in anything that we love we lose track of time and space so we are in a sense transcending the ego at that moment and that's when we're at our best and there's a book called flow f-l-o-w um uh by by mikhail j 
Cherzinski. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I I used to know how to spell his name years ago, uh, but right. uh, it's uh, I can't. It escapes me at the moment. He was a professor at the University of Chicago. He, I think he's in he's in California these days at a different university. But but check it out. F O W and. You know, he just talks about doing it at work and in sports, but it's in every aspect of life. And the more you're in the flow, the happier you are. And I, I work with people with depression all the time. And whenever you're in the flow, you cannot be depressed. It's literally impossible. Depression does not live in that in that space. It cannot because depression has to do with the ego. And when you transcend the ego, it can't be. So the more you're in the flow, no matter what's going on, the happier you are. So it's a great way to, I think, end the show. Thank you, Penny, for bringing it up. And, Thank you. Um, thanks for being my guest. And uh, we'll we'll be back next week. I don't know the topic yet, but we'll have something interesting. And thanks for listening, and thank you, for Penny, for, for being on the first show of the year. My pleasure. Thank you, Paul. My pleasure having you. Bye, everyone, and we'll be back next week. Bye. We'll talk off the air, Pat. Okay, great. Thanks.